<laughs> How's it going? It's good. <laughs> good. We are back for another episode together. Together again. I know there was being a few solos in here. Yeah. And we're back actually this week with another guest too, which feels I know. which feels great. It's good to have guests back. They're the best. I love our guests. They're always so much fun and I feel like I want to be everyone's friend. <laughs> Right? I know. I'm like, my guests, the guests are slowly making up the majority of the people who follow me on Instagram. I mean, statistically not real, but you know what I mean. Um, By the end of my life, I hope to have more podcast guests following me than other people. Well, it's like we're handpicking these people. I don't know if that's a real goal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We're like, like, I don't don't know what, what I'll get out of that, but. Yeah, but, like, then we get to, like, click with these people. They're so cool. They're the best. They make up, like, the heart of the podcast. That's what it's about. Yeah, exactly. Um, I want to know. I'm literally just jumping the gun here, and I have been dying to ask you, and this is your story and fun updates. But, okay, why did you delete everything on your Instagram? Tell the world. This is such a dramatic, like operating system update like what is going on yeah 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 so uh it's it's been a long time coming I think but I posted an update on my stories a couple of days ago basically kind of like explaining the story of it of like what I'm doing why I'm doing it what I'm thinking um yeah basically I mean looking at my Instagram like for me, the experience that I would have looking at my own Instagram was not always positive. And it's not because I was like, there was anything wrong with it necessarily. It just, I don't know. I I saw a couple of things. I saw like older versions of myself and then like older, older versions of myself that I'm like, you know, I'd made peace with, but I'm like, it's not the same as like logging into Facebook where I can look at those old versions of myself. And I'm like, yeah, that's just who I was at that time period. Like that's that's like my er- those those are my eras. I can break my eras down in Facebook pretty easily. Same thing with like Twitter. Even same thing with like Tumblr when I had a Tumblr. Like I could break down the eras pretty clearly. But with Instagram, it just felt like I don't know. It just like didn't it didn't always feel authentic like anywhere really like even my photography I'm like my work was really nice like the actual work which is why I kept it up like my actual photography was really nice but like it didn't always like bring me happy thoughts like I would just think about like the times that I was masking uh as a photographer I would think about my career as a photographer and like those kinds of thoughts would remind me of yeah, just like past, yeah, just past versions of myself. And and knowing what I know now about myself and about my neurodivergencies, it has like kind of changed a perspective on my past selves and also like the choice that I have now to represent myself now. So yeah, so like the thing with like Facebook is like there's there are specific eras that are pretty authentic. With Twitter, same thing. Tumblr, same thing. Instagram, I couldn't, there's not really anything that was like, okay, this is me, who I am, like, fully. There was, like, a couple pieces of it, right? But 
for a platform that's like supposed to be like your business card, essentially like the front facing, like when people meet you for the first time, they ask for your Instagram before they ask for your phone number. Like they want to see what you like to do and who you are and how you choose to show up to the world. So none of that really felt like, like what I wanted really. And I think that's been my issue this entire time uh, in the conversations that I've had like on this podcast before about like, oh, I'm ready to like jump back into it and like jump back into like the social media world and things like that. But it's like each time I get ready to, I'm like, I don't really feel like I've had like a great foundation of who I am and what I stand for, especially because like those things are like constantly changing. And I'm, I need to find like the, the pieces of me that do not change, that are not changing. And have those be represented on my Instagram. And even if I do change and evolve, like I said on my posts, like it's going to happen. It's inevitable. But I think I want to be like, okay, well, that was my era. Like versus like on Instagram, I don't really feel like I have that. I have like, oh, like the best I have is like my photography era when I was a wedding photographer. But even still, like to me, that's just like kind of traumatic a little bit to look back at like all the masking that I had to do. Um, and all the like, all the things that I'm having to unlearn now by result of that. So I think it was just like a clean slate. And I have like another personal Instagram that's private um, that I've had since literally probably the start of Instagram. Uh, and I have some like other photos over there. And I probably won't do the same thing with that because that again, like it, it feels like those are specific eras that feel very authentic to me. So I can't delete them. Um, but because with this with this page that I use now, I started as a business page. So I've struggled to undo all of that, like all of those rules that I made for myself. So I'm still having to like, yeah, undo, unlearn, unbe things that I was not. So that's kind of the gist of it. But I still have the slides of the stories up. If you guys, if the listeners are interested in, in reading the full thing, I dive a little bit into like um, my high school and like, you know, where that comes into play and into the thought process. So um, that's up on my story highlights. If you want to read it, um, I had a couple people reach out to me that I hadn't heard from in a long time. Like I'm talking years. Um, and they were like, oh, I relate to this or like, you know, like, yeah, a lot of like, I relate to this or, um, I'm going through something similar, uh, from people that I grew up with that I haven't heard from in a long time. So it was really nice. And it also felt like, yeah, just like a step being closer to the me that I want to show people. Because that's the hard part, I think, is translating that. So, long story. Yeah. No, I think it's super honest of you to, like, take all of that down and to just be like, these are good things and these are good parts of me, but it's not all me. It's not, like, all my authentic self. Like, it's just little bits and those bits are great, but that's not what I'm trying to represent right now. And in fact, some of the bits aren't really what I want to even look at right now. And I think it takes a lot to do that. I mean, how many times have like, we all reinvented something in our lives? Like, for me, maybe it's not Instagram, but it's like my career path. Like, you, I could really relate to that from a career path. Like, I had so many for me, they were actually more like mental breakdowns. Um, you could say updates for sure. But for me, they were like not so um, like maybe 
neutral or even positive. Mine were like, okay, I'm failing. Everything sucks. I have no life plan. Like it's terrible. Um, so for me, like with career, that definitely happened a couple of times and like on a more aesthetic basis, for sure. Like I definitely did that with my style. Like when I moved to LA, this is not a good example. I'm wearing a fleece right now. But, um, when I moved to LA, I was telling you like, oh, all my style, like all my wardrobe was like black and dark and it's a product of where I've come from. And it's a product of like the things I'm bringing with me and like having had way more weight on me when I bought all those clothes and then I came to LA and I was thinner and I was happier and it was brighter here and having to literally reinvent how I show up in the world from a fashion and like visual standpoint was really hard for me because I wasn't like comfortable in those colors and I wasn't comfortable in tighter clothes or like more expressive clothing and like patterns and more up-to-date trends and things so yeah, I mean, I think people can absolutely relate to what you're going through, but maybe not um, exactly the same, of course, that's unique to you. And I think it's really been interesting following you and like how you're learning about your neurodivergencies and like, um, just being so honest with people. It's really heartwarming. And it's nice to like have you do that because I think a lot of people can really identify with that. So if the world could all be a little more honest, you know, it's nice. Yeah. 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 I think that's the thing with me is it's like, um, like I was telling you the book that I was reading, the unmasking autism. I think like the, the key with that is like, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's like about all those things. It's like about, about the style and it's about like how you talk to people. It's about what you decide to wear. It's like, it's all of those things. Um, and like, for me, I'm trying to position it in a positive way, although it does not feel positive slash has not ever felt positive, especially up until this point. Um, so I can relate to like the mental breakdown for sure. Um, that's like constant 24 seven. I'm just like not um, a person who likes to show it slash it's my trauma response, which I'm learning about. It's called fawning. We'll get into that probably in the future one day. Um, but yeah, so it's like, yeah, I, I guess I'm trying to look at it in a positive light because I'm giving myself the opportunity to just like paint the canvas what I want it to be. And like, and that's not just for Instagram, but that's for everything. And I think it's just impactful because it starts at Instagram. Like I said, it's like, that's your business card. So like when I start posting again, I, I have to think of like, okay, like what's the era going to be? Like, it's okay if it's not going to be forever, but like, what's the era going to be? And like, are we going to yeah, just, like, be as honest as we can about it. So, man, what a process growing up, isn't it? I know. It's tough. <laughs> it's really hard. And it's always changing. Um, and I think it's cool that you put that as one of your first catch-up bits, because I think it's really topical for today's episode about learning your style and developing your style. We're talking to an interior designer today, so it's a good fit. Yeah, you know me. I always trying to stay stay in the moment. Okay, you get a chance now to tell us the stories and fun updates cuz I know that you also have something very fun to share. Uh, yeah, I mean it's not as life altering. Um I went to Solvang on the weekend and if you guys know me, you're getting to know me now. You know that I can't sit still and I can't stay in one place for very long. So I'm always trying to get out and see new things. So um, 
a girlfriend of mine was like, oh, I want to see Solvang. And I joined that trip plan immediately and was like, yes, take me. So we uh, we drove out to Solvang and it's like a little um, European town. It's just over two hours north of L.A., um, and it's in this region that has a bunch of little towns around it. So if, you know, if you're a kind of person that likes wine tasting and just chilling and getting in the good heat and the good sun, that's what it's all about. Um, we went to a couple of really nice restaurants. There was one that I think is worth mentioning. No, two. The first was our lunch on day one, which was at Bell's. And Bell's is north of Solvang. I don't remember the town. Los Olivos, maybe, and they have the most incredible French food. Um, we had like pate, um, little sandwiches, and it like oh my gosh, everything was just melt in your mouth. And we had that paired with like their wine suggestions. I had um, I had a chilled red, which was an organic chilled red, and I've never had something like it. It was kind of like a blend of red yeah. and cider. Yeah, really oh, cool. good. Mm-hmm. So I had have never had that flavor before. Um, and then the night, that night, we went to a place called SY Kitchen, which is Santinez Kitchen. And that's close to Solvang as well, but not in Solvang. And they had some really incredible foods. They were kind of Italian-inspired, I would say. Um, we thought the best was their mushroom pasta. That was to die for. Um, and Like sliders. just regular mushrooms? Little, um, the little tiny ones, are they cremini? Like the little oh, like tiny cremini. ones mm-hmm. with the long, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Those Cute. ones with like a little cheesy sauce. And I think it's, um, the pasta was parpadel. Is that how you say it? Oh, is it like kind of like twirly a little bit? Or is that mm-hmm. the, yeah. Okay. Nice. Very cute. Nice. Yeah. It sounds fun. It was so good. Um, so the food was a big part. And then the second day we went to Solving and we got like the Danish treats and the Danish pastries. It's a Danish town. I said European because I don't, I think nobody can determine the difference between Denmark and Holland. I've heard from so many people that those are the same place to them, but it's Danish. Danish is north of Germany and that's where my family is from. And so I have this little like soft spot in my heart for little danish treats and things because i'm used to like my dad making them and like putting them out at christmas so it was like a kitschy wonderland of little danish things on sunday (laughs) um yeah and and then we just came back last night but like i said i'm so tired today um the dog probably tmi but this is why i have dark bags under my eyes and my hair is a mess the dog literally had diarrhea all night and we were taking him out like three or four times it, i thought we were literally dealing with an infant child like i did, did not he eat sleep. something oh, bad i don't know what he like we think maybe one of the yeah i don't know like one of his denta bones or something is not sitting well with him we got him a new flavor and it, he's been really sick for two days so did not sleep at all <laughs> like no sleep um Okay, so tell us about the sunshine medicine for this week for you. Yeah, okay, so my sunshine medicine is the James Webb Space Telescope images because I didn't get to talk about this last week because my episode was already recorded. Um, They're gorgeous. Have you seen them? Oh, yeah, they're really cool. 
Yeah, I'm literally obsessed with all of them, but especially the Karina Nebula image. I have it as my phone background. It was, oh my God, they were so beautiful. Um, so I talked to, uh, well, the girlfriend that took me to solving, her husband is like a telescope engineer and we were talking about it and he said that they add the color after. Oh, well, yeah, because it's infrared. We can't, our eyes can't see infrared. Oh, is that how they do it? Yeah, so essentially they, there's like a scale of infrared, kind of like the same, like imagine like our scale of the rainbow, but in infrared, in a wavelength that we can't see. So basically they just match the colors on the infrared wavelength with the colors that we can see. So like the closest color to that ultraviolet red or whatever, they match it to like a regular red that we can see. So it probably looks like if we could see with ultraviolet or infrared eyes if we had infrared eyes it's probably like it's, it's probably like even more mind-blowing but with like yeah, our normal spectrum it's still insane exactly i don't think it's like something that our human brains can actually comprehend which i think is so crazy that like if we were to just like look out in space and be out there floating we wouldn't see anything really yeah so that's my sunshine medicine what about you yeah space is wild um to be honest, nothing this week. Um, it's not that I'm depressed. It's just that I'm so tired. Like I said, no sleep last night. Um, but I could say, what am I looking forward to? I put nothing, but it is my birthday soon. So I guess, to be honest, I'm kind of looking forward to my birthday. I don't know. Is it still cool to look forward to my your goodness, birthday? My goodness, I hope so. 32? Yeah. And what was a vacation not your sunshine medicine, though? Or like a quick, well, of quick girls trip. Yeah, for sure. But I'm just thinking, what about this week? I don't know. Oh, my sunshine medicine. I feel like it's always looking backwards <laughs> in time. But yeah, you you absolutely should be excited for your birthday. You're gonna be alive another year. That's a celebratory thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Or at least alive this year. That is a guarantee. Exactly. I know. I'm I'm debating what to do. Um, we like to go away, like I just said, but I feel like I've been going away way too much and I'm so tired, like I just said. And all I really want to do, which is so lame, is just like reorganize my closet. But I'm not going to do that on my birthday because that's not a good idea. So I'm going to put it out to the world. So if anyone has ideas for what I should do for my birthday, please let me know. Just do a staycation. I agree. You Especially because... On one of the last episodes, you were saying, like, this this summer you're going to be giving a lot, as in giving yourself a lot. So just remember, you only have so much to give. Do a staycation at a really nice hotel. Or, hell, I don't care. Organize your closet because you want to. Wow. I'm lame. I'll, I'll do stuff like that on my birthday, like organize my closet or, like, go to the gym or, like, go on a hike. Because it's, like, the one day where you have complete choice. Like, this is, that's, that's all I want to do. Whether or not it's my birthday, I get to make the choice. So sometimes it's fun. Oh, totally. No one gets to tell me why I can't. Yeah, I know. Mike exactly. Like, okay. I, I just turned 32. I can do what I want. That's what you get to say. <laughs> yeah, I can do whatever the heck I want. Um, yeah, Mike was like, okay, you have two options. Either we go away and we plan it together or you 
um, say that we're staying here. And then I plan a surprise. I'm like, oh, I love surprises. But I also like going <gasps> away. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm curious. What yeah. might surprise you? I know. I know. I'm like, what, what will happen? So I will let us all know in two weeks because I feel like my birthday is on like a Tuesday and I'm not going to do anything on Tuesday because I think I have to work in the hospital. But we'll update for the episode in two weeks on what ended up happening. Um, what are wait. you looking forward to? Uh, okay, mine's also very timely again. Um, so, and I don't really know what came first. If it, if it like subconsciously, I was like, I want to redesign my apartment or if having Taylor as our guest lined up just inspired me. But I, I want to redesign my apartment and like specifically my office like area like I want a new desk I want a new chair I want like cute things on my desk I want I don't know I just like want an office space that just works for me fully so oh and like maybe a backdrop so when we do uh our interviews with guests I can like have something really cute on the backdrop I don't know so I have no real timeline of that in mind but yeah I'm I'm really wanting with you there redesign my space we should truly channel our inner tailored and we should go thrifting for some backdrop and like you know just like good art dying like, too yeah this yeah. whole episode i talk about my art and like hanging my art so maybe that's a goal i can do is closet art and your goal can be backdrop and office and we can hit it up and we can do that together partly together, partly inspiring each other. I love it. Yes. Yeah, cool. I think that's perfect. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah if there's anything, I feel like this episode has been so inspiring for me just to like get off my butt and just do things. She was just like, I don't care that you rent, like do it. Make yourself happy. This is where you live. You <laughs> need real. to do it. <laughs> I love that about her. Yeah, I know. Very inspiring. Um, totally. It's just what we needed, I feel like, you know? Yeah, exactly. All right. Tell us what's hot, Ash. Okay, so this feels this feels so weird to me. I'm like, hi, I just came back from drinking all weekend. Yeah, so my what's hot is a wine cooler. <laughs> um, there were definitely a lot of really delicious wines um, that I tried at so many good wineries. Uh, we, we went to a place called buttonwood and a place called bodega and then of course all the food i just listed off um and all their wines were incredible but i've got to go back to what i really love and what i discovered yeah you know what you know yeah a few weeks ago and maybe it's not super classy but we got these um we got these wine coolers they're just like little tiny you know those little cans um so it's not yeah, super the cute huge. ones. The cute little cans. I I definitely think that canned wine is I don't know if it's like coming back or like it's just still acceptable, but it is acceptable to me. And it's a staple at this point. It's I a think. staple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um there's this one called Lo-Fi, and it comes in this super cute, like pink like airbrushed can like it's super cute and it's um hibiscus infused let me just double check it's i took a picture because i loved it so much and i wanted to tell everyone about it 
It's called Lo-Fi Spritz, the brand, and it's grapefruit hibiscus infused wine cooler with premium sparkling wine and botanicals with natural flavors. It's 8% and it's a tiny little bottle. I'll show you. I'm holding it there. Nice. Very cute. It's so good. It's like, and um, yeah, we got it at this restaurant called Waterfront and it was just like one of the cheapest things on the menu. And I was like, are you kidding me? What a fine. A win, 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 so, win, win in my mind. A win, win, yeah. win, win, win. Nice. So that's my what's hot. What about you? Um. Okay. My what's hot is kind of like circling back on something that I've talked about in the past. Um, so I wrote accommodating your needs and like the reason why <laughs> is because I just signed up for Thistle, which is like a meal delivery service and it's like fully prepared like meals and they're all vegan and they're like really well balanced and they look really good. Like they look like Nestor would make them for me and like leave them for me at the house. Like delish. They look awesome. Uh, it's pretty expensive. I'm not going to lie. But the thing is, I am not... I haven't really been good about eating, like, in general. Like, ever since I started the Adderall, I'll be honest, uh, it takes away your appetite. So I have to, like, be really conscious of when I eat so I don't go all day without eating, which happens, like, anyways, like, for me. <laughs> like, you know that, Ashley. Um, yeah, so um, I'm, like, I need to be better about, like, planning in the meals that I eat and, like, eating really well-balanced meals because I'll just be eating, like, a bag of chips because I'm, like, I, do, I can't stomach anything else in the moment. So, just accommodating my needs. Yeah, if there's one thing I learned about you right away was that eating can be hit or miss. <laughs> um, like you can either be it's super always hungry an issue or, for no reason. <laughs> yeah, or just like not not hungry whatsoever. Um, you have good taste for sure. Like clearly, you're in a serious relationship with a chef, but like, you're just not consistently hungry. So I'm happy to hear that you're prioritizing like nutrition and food. That's good. Yeah. Even if it's expensive. Yeah, exactly. Cause like, yeah, the thing is, it's like the taste for me. Cause for with vegan food, especially prepared vegan food that comes in the mail, like it's gotta be really well done. Otherwise it just kind of looks nasty. Like I literally looked at every option and none of them really looked that great. Like there's even like, um, uh, a meal delivery service called Every Table, and they have like a storefront really close to my place, and they have the cheapest meals. Like we're talking like six, seven dollars a meal, and like they're not vegan, but like I could get like a plate of salmon with some veggies and like mashed potatoes or whatever for seven dollars. Um, but the thing is, like, it doesn't always taste that good. Like it kind of just tastes like quick or like under seasoned or like over seasoned, like it just like not very well balanced. And I've just read so many good reviews about Thistle with specifically like their vegan program. And I looked at the menu and it's like every single day is something different versus all these other meal delivery services. They're like, here are the eight options that you can cycle through for the rest of your life. And I'm like, no, thank you. This literally changes daily. The thing that I'm going to eat on Monday this week is going to be completely different than I eat on, you know, Friday four weeks from now like they're all different they don't cycle at least they I think they do eventually cycle but they take a while before I'm going to eat the same thing again so I like the variety and yeah the quality I think is a huge factor because otherwise I'd rather just eat chips than eat like a soggy plate of whatever you know how much are we talking like if it's seven dollars for the 
cruddy version. Yeah, it's it's definitely double if you're paying for like a like a couple meals at a time. I think it's like 14 something if you buy your first like five or six meals and then after the sixth meal it starts to drop in price. So I think I'm paying maybe 12 or 12.50 a meal right now. So it's definitely more expensive, but I don't know. I'll report back on a future episode if it actually ended up working out. But the fact is, like, the goal is to accommodate the needs of, like, making sure that I'm eating, like, a real meal and not, like, just chips. Although fed is fed and, you know, better fed than not. Um, I'm just trying to work, work, I don't know, a vegetable in (laughs) when I can a little bit more frequently. Um, Yeah. Yeah, the Adderall has definitely made it hard, so... I'll definitely report back. Yeah, I let hear you know you. how it goes. Yeah, please do. I'm always looking for new meals and things to brighten up the rotation. It can get so freaking boring. So yeah, and I hear you with the like, you get on a medication and you're just like, wow, my whole appetite is completely backwards. <laughs> Whether it's more hungry or less hungry, yeah. Yeah, it's always a process. So yeah, that's my what's hot. Should we get into the episode goals? Obviously, we have a guest this week. So uh, goal one is to intro the guest, teach you about Taylor, teach you about tailored interiors. Um, Tailored interiors are designs and collections tailored for eclectic eclectic souls. So very excited to do that piece. And kind of diving deeper into the topic is you're going to hopefully learn how to identify your unique style. Yeah. And Taylor is definitely an intuitive soul. She is so talented and is able to do so much just from like her natural ability. So she's sharing some tips and tricks and how to trust yourself to inspire you to make your own home a reflection of yourself and your needs. And then um, lastly, she gives us some Uh, points, some teaching points that will help you take the next steps to make all of that come to life and to make that a reality for yourself. So if you're in a phase like we are, where we are redesigning, revamping and redoing some parts of our lives, whether that's your home, a space you live in or yourself, I think this episode would probably be for you. Yeah, so get excited, get inspired. And without further ado, here is Taylor of Tailored Interiors. So today's episode, we have a new special guest. This is Taylor. Taylor is a California native, interior designer, and stylist. Her love of design has given her experience in everything from interior styling and home staging to curating vintage decor and restoring furniture. Um, Today, Taylor runs Tailored Interiors Design and Collections, tailored for eclectic souls. From designing and styling spaces to selling home decor, there is always an emphasis on vintage. So if that sounds like you, this episode is going to be a good one. I'm excited. So welcome, Taylor. Woohoo! Yay, Taylor! Hello, hello. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for making time for us and joining us on the show. 
Of course, of course. Um, sweet. Before we jump into telling your story or like having you tell your story, um, we're going to do a little topic introduction just to get everybody at pace. Um, so in this episode, we are hoping to help our audience identify their unique interior home style and uh, give them advice on how to start the design process when they're ready. So hopefully you can help us navigate that conversation. Um, but first, we just kind of want to hear about you, how you started Tailored. Um, yeah, so tell us like the beginning. How did, how did you start getting into design and how did Tailored come in to existence <laughs> um so basically like um oh my gosh um so basically I was originally gonna be like I'm gonna be a set designer I'm gonna go to school for set design and all this stuff I never really like thought I would do like interior design or anything and then I went to school and I was like I can't find like a degree near me locally like um that had like an emphasis with set design or anything so I was like, I'll do um, interior design. And then so I took the interior design class and I kind of like fell in love with it. And it just kind of went from there. Like I ended up like getting my whole degree in interior design. I mean, obviously like down the road, maybe I'll do set design. But then um, so basically I've been doing it since 2016-ish. Nice. Um, so I don't know how many years. I, I know, right? That sounds yeah. like six. <laughs> I think that's six. Literally, yeah. Um, about, yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, and then I just like, hey, I think I want to start my own little interior design business. And then I just kind of went for it. Like I was always doing like, um, virtual interior design with other companies. And I was like, hey, I could do this by myself. So I just went for it. And then the whole like home decor selling and all of that started like last year. It's going to be like one year in uh, the end of August. And it was just like random one day. And I was like, you know what? I'm just, I think I'm going to do it. And then I went that day and I got a storage unit and then I started getting all this stuff and just like selling. And I was like, okay, I really love this. So that's basically like my full-time thing right now, like that and home staging, which I do for a different company. Um, I love it so much. That's really cool. That's yeah. Really good. Yeah. You have two big vintage appreciators here as well. Um, yeah. Awesome. We we named the Coconut Grove after a like a club here in LA that closed down. It used to be in the Ambassador Hotel. But yeah, because we were like, we wanted it to be, I don't know, vintage. <laughs> um that's a very lame that. that's a very lame explanation we did a whole episode on why we chose the name but um yeah we love vintage and I actually used to sell as well um which is like one of the reasons why I reached out to you because uh I used to also sell at the Melrose Trading Post so I was um that is very yeah, cool I'm really excited yeah Mel Melrose is so much fun <laughs> it is it is So did you grow up in L.A. daily or did you grow up like a little farther out? Um, do you guys like know where Chino, Ontario is? It's oh, yeah, like that's 40 minutes. Yeah. I so work. it's like <laughs> <laughs> I work really far out of town. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where like I'm originally from. And then I moved out to L.A. to do interior design. 
And then it's just working out for me. I don't know how I'll ever leave LA. <laughs> oh, I know, right? I, we love it here too. I love it's it. It's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we would really love if you could break down kind of what, like, so you kind of did a little bit, but like the segments of what tailored is. So it's part vintage decor, part uh, redesign, part interiors. What's the process? Yeah. What's the split like? So basically it's like interior design, um, styling, like there's separate things for like color advising, um, obviously like the vintage home decor and furniture. Um, so it's just kind of basically like everything interior design. Um, I didn't want to keep it like narrow just because my mind is always changing. I'm like, Oh, but I love doing everything. (laughs) Yeah, I can relate to that. Obviously, I'm not going to do, like, instruction or any of that just because it's, like, not my specialty. I don't have a lot of experience in that. But styling all the way, that's my favorite. (laughs) So do you have, like, a certain, um, like, home or, like, customer that you usually work with? Um... A lot of, like, people that just moved into their place, which is cool because it's, like, you get to start from scratch, basically, and then we just figure everything out from there. Is a lot of... Which is fun for me. It's, like, yeah. I was going to ask, is it a lot of uh, first home buyers or these, like, second, third home buyers? Where are they in their, like, home buying process? Um, A lot of them are actually, like, first-time home buyers. And they just kind of like, I have all of this space and I have no idea what to do with it. And I'm like, that's what I'm here for. (laughs) Yeah. It's like they want to achieve their dream home right away. They're like, I'm getting my house. Time for my dream home. I love that. Exactly. I bet a lot of people, um, just given how expensive homes can be, it's like a big day that they finally made it to the that dream and they're just so excited to work with you. Do you feel that when you when you start working with them? Yes, but it's kind of, um, it's really exciting, but people don't really think about like, hey, like to furnish this whole place is going to cost me like a lot of money. So that's when I'm like, I have to break the news to them. This is going to be like this, like rugs are expensive. (laughs) For sure. And those things Um, are also like an underestimated cost as well, because it's like, Oh, you yeah. have to think of the doorknobs. It's not just one doorknob you're buying. You're buying like all the whole set. So they match the place and then that adds up. Literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So do you feel like when you first meet people, you have like this, um, I don't know, like a meeting where you talk about all the goals and the dreams and it's really special. And then you're kind of like, Hey, here's the reality. Like here are the estimates. Here's like what you need to know. Like, tell us a bit more about that meeting. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like totally. Like when I meet someone new, like I go and see like their whole space and then basically I give them kind of like a rough estimate of like what each thing would cost later on I would send that I basically send them like an estimate I'm like okay so this rug is going to cost this much um be prepared to spend like this much for a dining table and all of that um just so they can have like a better understanding I mean um it definitely helps though 
it helps them understand. Do your and then also like since oh I, go ahead. Sorry. Um, so like also like I do like virtual. So it's like it definitely helps them figure out what they're gonna spend their money on um easier just because I could do like those visual like renderings and stuff. So they're like, okay, I don't have to buy it. I can see like what it looks like in my space before. You know? Are they coming to you for your similar style? Um, like do they see your style and they're like, I want that? teach me how to do that? Or are you helping them discover their style when you meet them? Um, a lot of it is actually helping them discover their style. I get really excited when they have very similar styles, but it's always so fun just to try to figure out their style with them, like exchanging like Pinterest boards and like inspo photos from like Instagram, like paint colors. And then like, we like carve out like their style you know yeah because somebody like me I'm gonna have like four or five different looks in one Pinterest board and I'm gonna be like make it happen and then like the other person's gonna be like okay pick one like just one we can do one (laughs) is that how it is with you as well (laughs) kind of um if it's like something like that where it's like you have like five different styles Um, you kind of like look at all of them and you're like, okay, so this is similar with this and this photo we could pull from here. We could pull colors from this photo, but style of furniture from this photo. And then you just like mesh it all together and it works. I mean, like when people are styling their spaces, I'm always like, buy whatever you like, because when it's put together, it create your own style like you don't have to follow like oh I want mid-century I want to get all mid-century stuff you know um that's what the fun of it is I'm so fascinated by this because I feel like I've constantly tried to like develop a style and like reinvent a style over the years like one of my other gigs is painting so I'm always like looking at palettes like color palettes and looking how things like mesh together and then I'm just like screw this I want something else and then it's just like flip the table and do it all over again so like how do you deal <laughs> how do you deal with people like me who are just like well I could like this I could also like this and all in all, I'm just pretty indecisive. Like, how does that work? So basically, um, when I have to handle situations like that, I'm like, okay, um, I'll put together like a rough, like visual rendering of like those styles mixed together and then those styles isolated so I can kind of send them like over maybe like six boards and be like okay so this is what it looks like together this is this style and this is the style um see which two or three like you like the most and then we'll work off of that you know that's really interesting I never thought about it like that but separating them and then showing the person what it would be merged together is so smart because I feel like that would really force the person to see what it was they were actually liking maybe it wasn't like all parts of a and all parts of B or yeah and then maybe that's how you can get something really unique I think your style is super unique and really interesting I love it and I just wonder where you draw like a lot of your creativity and like yeah what's inspiring to you or does it change like honestly it's always been just like crazy like um I just honestly like what I was saying earlier like if I like it I'll buy it and then I'll work off that piece um but like animal print 
like I try to base everything off animal print, <laughs> but not like the trashy animal print style, you know? Um, but yeah, like patterns. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Patterns, animal print, obviously like disco balls, like just funky and eclectic and you know, is it from like a specific era? Like, why don't you want your place fun? Yeah, right. Not really, honestly. Yeah, you just like you like it's just what you a like. Mix of things. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's great. <laughs> You're fine. I'm also looking at your Instagram because I'm just like, yeah, totally. I can see that, like the animal print, that strong, the disco balls. I <laughs> that was what I fell in love with. I was like okay, this girl wants to have fun. And you obviously want people to have a space where they feel like they can have fun and also relax. Like, I don't feel like anything that you're designing is like, um, what should I say? Kind of like, you know how some design is very in your face and loud? Yours is like extremely classy, but like really um, uh, exciting. Like it's it's loud in that it's like shiny and sparkly, but it's not Thank like loud because it's like screaming oh, at your face, which I is what I that. like Thank that. You. Yeah, I love that about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, very eye catching, and I love the play of, of the mm-hmm. colors too. Like especially your choice of the your logo color, like that bright neon green. It's like very, yeah, but it's like, like it has to be. I bold. love it. <laughs> yeah, I think that completely gives away right away what your style is. Um, when you're when you're talking to clients like about like especially when somebody doesn't know from the beginning how to define their style do you give them examples of how you found your style or like how do you kind of like what are the first questions that you use to like spark their mind of what they like um i usually ask like what colors um they're attracted to um metal finishes patterns if they don't like patterns and then the biggest question is like what colors do you absolutely hate because I mean I hate blue (laughs) that's my favorite color um I'm sorry we call over ended (laughs) goodbye I'm just kidding (laughs) that's okay (laughs) isn't that like so many people's favorite color that's hilarious I I'm with you though I like blue and I have a blue sweater that I almost work so I wear it every day but I like red and green, so. But certain shades of blues. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's like the questions I kind of ask. Um, and then we kind of go from there. I put together like um, a color palette and then kind of like a vibe board. Um, and then they're like, I don't like this. I don't like this. I like this. And then we kind of like revise it until we kind of like, okay, we're building a style here. Do you ever have clients that are like too basic? that maybe like went too safe you have to encourage them to add more of their like personality to their styling 100 percent, yes and it's kind of difficult to kind of break that wall down um but it's exciting when they're like okay yes let's add the store space like um because you want your home to be kind of like a represent representation of your personality you don't want to go home and it's like dull and boring and like you know I mean it doesn't have to be crazy colors and loud but make it something that you love to come home to you're dull and boring then that's what you're going for and you've nailed I mean, you're it right. you're right though <laughs> <laughs> you're right <laughs> um 
speaking of not being dull and boring, what are your thoughts on like color psychology and like, um, do you pursue certain color palettes for certain rooms or like, do you pick color palettes based on how light hits different rooms based on like the style of the home or like this, I don't know, like our kitchen is really bright, for example, but our bedroom is actually really dark. And so I'm just wondering, like, would you lean me in certain directions for the mood and the vibe and the color theory and psychology for a particular room and space based on what you know? With the lighting situation, um, that definitely plays a big part in it. Um, But like, psychology wise like with um like the meaning of colors and everything I don't use too much of I'm like if it looks good it looks good and if it's too bold for like if you want a bright red color in the bathroom where it's such a small space I'm like go for it but I'm like you really want it screaming at you like that in such a little tiny place (laughs) but I don't know you know yeah words of caution yeah so yeah, yeah, it seems like that comes naturally to you, though. Like, that's that color psychology is already, like, intuitive to you. Um, so maybe someone who was trying to learn your job <laughs> would maybe need yeah. to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you already have True. it. So mm-hmm. that's interesting. Um, do you find yourself, like, looking at the, like, color of light and, like, the way that light changes color? I, I'm asking these questions because... Um, I went to this place in Mexico City, and it was uh, designed by Barragan. I don't know if you uh, heard of it. I had not heard of him. Um, he's a Mexican architect, and he played with color theories and how light changed. And there's a particular space in one of his homes where there's a red wall and then a blue wall right in front of it. And he did this as like a joke. Like you can't actually focus on the red and the blue at the same time. So it's very hard on the eyes. And I don't know why he did that, but I was like, he spent a lot of time like assessing color and light and how it changed over the day. And I, I'm just wondering like, do you obsess over this as well? Or how do you that's look at That's super interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't obsess over it like that, but I'm like, that's kind of crazy. I'm like, definitely going to look him up later. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, like, like the way light changes colors that I have to handle is like the way light shows different undertones. Like, especially with grays like grays are the worst because you can't really have like a true gray like you're gonna have like a gray with too much blue too much purple red um brown and I mean it and you definitely like like if you were to like go if you want to paint your house gray like you have to get these samples and like look at them how the light changes throughout the day because you're gonna paint your living room blue um, without getting a sample and then you're just going to be like okay I wanted gray like you know it just kind of like definitely different times of the day changes the colors as well if that makes sense yeah a hundred percent and like what light bulbs you yeah. use things like that as well will change it exactly. it's crazy how much neutral colors are like so specific and like their shades like 
it like finding a white a perfect white has been like an ongoing joke in like the home renovation space forever because like you can't ever find the perfect white it's a little bit too eggshell or a little bit too plain a little bit too hospital or whatever uh so i hear you on that i never thought about gray though that's a very good point because i'm looking at my space behind me and it's it's a light blue but it's looking gray and i'm like i didn't even think about that it's it's crazy (laughs) yeah Grays are frustrating. You're totally right with that. When I was 15, my parents got me to paint the house gray and they didn't like it. So I painted the house the second time another shade of gray. So I want to beef with how gray looks. Does that come out okay? <laughs> yeah, I refused to paint it a third time. Uh, but yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> I totally get that mm-hmm. with how gray it changes with the light. So yeah. Uh, I want to pivot a little bit onto your vintage stuff. Um, So you said you started it about a year ago. Um, What made you like interested in trying it and getting started? And how has it been going? I mean, started, I mean, I've always kind of like had a love for like vintage furniture and like decor and all of that. I just never really did anything with it, you know? And then, um, I was like, you know what? Like, I think I can make this into a thing. And then I started like finding other like Instagram um, accounts like that do the same thing. And I'm like, okay, so there's people out here like selling vintage and all of that. So I kind of like seen what they did and like how they like photograph things. And I'm like, this is really intriguing. And um, so, yeah, I just kind of like went like, full-blown, full speed ahead into it, and it's been going really good lately, like, especially the in-person markets and all of that, like, it's really good, and I met so many cool people, like, in this short amount of time in this community, so it's, like, amazing. That's always the best, to share common interest in not only, like, design, but, like, a a hyper-specific, like, area of design, like, vintage decor, um, where do you usually like to find your pieces? I see that you do like thrift hauls a lot. Do you, do you look elsewhere? Um, I do thrifting mainly, um, estate sales a lot of the times. Um, I mean, if I'm going to be completely honest, it's kind of been dry out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's mainly thrifting. A lot of time thrifting during the week. (laughs) Yeah, I used to find a ton of stuff thrifting too. Can you tell us a little more about estate sales? I'm I'm like super into that because I watch TikToks of like my huge estate sale haul in LA. And like, how do you find out about them before the rest of the world does? And like, how do you go there and like have the energy to see all these crazy houses? (laughs) Like, tell us about that experience. Um. You, you can, like, look them up online, um, but um, they'll tell you, like, the dates that they're open, and then they'll kind of give, like, a preview of what's there, so you don't have to, like, show up if it's not, like, things you're interested in, um, but if you see something in, like, a photo, and you're like, I need to go get that, you need to be, like, the first in line, um, bright and early, <laughs> um, but it's cool, like, to go on the last days also, because they have really big, like, price cuts and discounts 
Um, but it's also like pretty cool just to like walk into these big houses and just seeing like the designs. Like there was really, there was one estate sale I went to with one of my good friends, um, had leopard carpet all the way up the stairs and in their whole guest house. And I'm just like, just seeing all these things. It's like really cool. Yeah, like actually I see a ton on TikTok of like the the mansion ones, but I've never been to a mansion one. I've only ever been to like grandma's house around the corner, like estate sales. I mean, granted, (laughs) I find some good stuff in there too. Like I found my favorite actually piece I've ever thrifted or like I guess found, vintage piece I found. Um, But I've never been to those like mansion ones. Are those on the same websites as the regular ones? You just have to find them. You have to be ready to pounce right when they're there. I mean, I'll send you the link later. <laughs> oh, I, I think I know which one you use. We can't give away all the trades. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Yeah. I, I think I know which one you use. Because I did it for like about a year. I was on it like all the time. But I would yeah. always miss the really good ones. Sunday, Monday, I always check for like the whole week. And I'll be like, okay, I plan this. And I put it in my calendar and hit up my bestie and be like, oh, let's go to an estate sale. <laughs> Yeah, that for is real. So cool. I mean, I love that. I imagine the logic works the same for thrifting. So, with this as your full time job, are you like in the thrift stores like right in the morning? Um, a lot of the time, yes. But they're always putting stuff out throughout the day, so I'm like, you know what? If the universe wants me to find something good, it's gonna be there at three o'clock in the afternoon. You oh know? yeah, good point. <laughs> good point. But, I mean, I was there really early this weekend at one of the stores, and I found some good stuff. And I'm like, maybe I should do this more often. Yeah, the thrift gods are, like, shining down on you with with pleasure. Yeah. Literally. Go to certain parts of the city more than others? Or, like, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes Venice has, like, different stuff than Hollywood because that's where we are. And I was like, do you have a certain go-to place? Um, I mean, I'm in Echo Park, so I kind of go to the same, like, five, um, like, three days a week, maybe four days. And it's just kind of like, you know, the same ones over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I feel like that's a good area to thrift for sure. Um, cool. Well, why don't we move on to uh, the next part of this show? We're going to do a little bit of a round table talk. Um, yeah, let's move into that segment. Cool, cool. This is going to be like a round table talk on how to find your style. So I wrote a couple questions. Ashley and I wrote a couple questions of some things that we were thinking we could just like have a conversation about, get just like round table opinions on. Um, so we can start with the first one. How can someone define their home style? Uh, Taylor, why don't you start and answer that one? <laughs> <laughs> um, how can someone define their home style? Um, I would say, yeah, definitely start on Pinterest boards, start pinning like color palettes, um, patterns you see, um, Instagram is a definitely good place to find some good, um, photos and just kind of like 
start pulling from those photos. And when you're out shopping, just be like, okay, those, so I think this could definitely fit that style. But I mean, that could definitely be a little tricky too. That could be definitely hard. Yeah. I think the key is like playing around at least for somebody like me who Mm -hmm. like is, who likes everything. I think that's the thing is like, I either have to be comfortable changing my style frequently or, or yeah, just kind of like make up my own, whatever it is. And I think that just takes time and a lot of experimenting. Because you don't want to, you don't want to come out straight out the gate like, I'm gonna go decorate my whole home, buy everything off online, and just put it together. And yeah, and like hate a it. Week yeah, because <laughs> it's just gonna look very cookie cutter. I think definitely the best designs are like collected over time. You know. Yeah, that's a good point. I was also thinking about like. I feel like I'm at the age where I want to start collecting like actual pieces and not not just like doing a, a one shop, like move into a new apartment, buy everything all at once, but like instead start collecting like a, a chair that I like that I'll move to the next apartment. Like this is the, the stay piece that I'm keeping forever because I invested a lot of money into it or whatever. Like I feel like I need to find pieces like that. Um, yes. Yeah. What do you think, Ash? I think I have all these like ideas in my head spinning around back to like how I reacted to the other question. I feel like I am non-committal, so I'm looking at my walls right now and they're all blank. But I have tons of art that I haven't hung because I'm not sure how to hang it. Like I don't know why like goes well with what and I I kind of had this idea of like a gallery wall and then I feel like gallery walls kind of trended out and I'm like oh no (laughs) what do I do so that's always hard for me plus the whole like um renting situation where you know maybe you shouldn't hang things on your wall oh yeah that's a good that's a good point too because I also had that on like the list to talk about is like how do you decorate a place if you're a renter um because I know Taylor you, you do uh mostly deal with uh first-time buyers do you do uh home design for renters as well or like home in quotes um I do um I don't know if you want to hear my oh of course <laughs> why not Please. is it just oh, do it anyways do it yeah I, I'm the same whatever. I'm like I'm gonna fill the holes when I leave doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna live there why does it matter I don't it, know I don't know I don't know maybe that's just me <laughs> that's what I'm like you don't want to hear no um, I agree with you I think I'm more stuck on the whole like how can I hang all these like things that I've collected over time like how can I make them work I feel like um, my issue is when I go traveling I pick up a piece of art and so I have like all these things I love and they all look individually really cool but I know that when you want to like make a gallery wall you should have like variety of sizes and like textures and things like that and I feel like they're all the same they're all very small things I could pick like and put in a suitcase and like they all have the same kind of tones and that's nice but you know I'm just like 
I need that one big piece to tie in that wall or like something. And I just, so none of them have gone up because there's like a hole, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you should experiment with I like totally really interesting frames. I feel like you could have a lot of fun with finding like a lot of unique frames that speak to each piece differently that like make them look different. Or even I feel like you could get a really big, really big uh, frame and then just like put something small in there. Why not? Or like paint around it. I feel yes. like because Ashley, I feel like you have <gasps> right. Ashley's a great painter. Good idea. See, so I think your issue is not like the oh, art. Oh, my painting. Oh yeah, or whatever. I mean, your heart's desire. But I think like you have such a good eye. I think you just need to find like frames that complement it, and then the rest I think will just like fall in place for you. Because that's my issue too. Is the frames. Um. Taylor, what kind of uh, frames are in style? Like, can you mix and match, like, vintage and modern or, like, what? Definitely. I mean, my biggest tip is, like, never buy new frames because the thrift store has tons and for super cheap. So it's, like, and they're going to be, like, funky styled a lot of the times. But um definitely mix match especially for gallery walls like katie was saying like i think it'll definitely tie in all the rest of the art i just want you to come see my space (laughs) like look (laughs) look at my problem i mean i'm down (laughs) (laughs) taking new clients (laughs) okay so where what is the consensus on where we should be going? Like, where where do you guys shop? Where do you get your home goods stuff? Okay, obviously, we know we thrift. We go to estate sales. We buy from Tailored. Where else do we go? <laughs> <laughs> um, home goods. Hello? Oh, for real. I was, at, I was at Marshall's yesterday just thinking the same. Like, I need to go to home goods. Marshall's isn't cutting it. <laughs> home goods is like thrifting for new things, though. It's so fun. <laughs> That's totally. such a good way to put Never it. I don't know what you're going to find. <laughs> for real. Thrifting for new things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you like, um, do you like look for something thrifted first? And then if you're like, okay, it's, the world's not bringing it to me, then like, you go to Home Goods or are you kind of like, let's just go at the same time and see what we can get? Um, I mean, if I'm looking for something specific thrifting, I will wait it out. Yeah. And I will, I always, I, I end up always finding it definitely takes some time, but when I do, I'm just like, yes, finally, I feel like I earned this. So satisfying. <laughs> it, it really is. Um, I had a question for you about, um, if you're not getting the sense that I have a lot of thoughts and I, a lot of styles and I was like, two things if you have a couple that also has this problem so like you have um you know one one part of the couple is like I love this style this is my style to a t and the other is like the complete opposite like how do you blend styles and how do you keep harmony in the home and in the relationship like what are your tips for doing that um the main thing is asking both parties or whoever, like if it's multiple people in an apartment or a home or anything like that, um, ask them the same questions, colors, patterns, um, metallic finishes, and 
with styles they're attracted to, get both of theirs and then kind of pull from that. Um, and then another big thing is like, what is each party's main focus on in the space? Like if someone is like, I need this sofa, um, I need to have the biggest TV, um, rug, you know, um, so you kind of be like, okay, so if they get the sofa, they'll get the TV. Um, you know, you kind of give them, you're like, you're picking this, you're picking this. And then, um, it kind of eventually meshes together, but it is, it is kind of tricky. Um, I feel like Katie, your apartment has a really good way of balancing like your style with Nestor's style. And I was going to ask Taylor a little bit more about like the masculine versus the feminine energy. And I think your apartment actually has a good balance of that. Like maybe both of you want to speak to like, how do you balance um, an apartment that's not to one or the other, but doesn't clash like for energy? It is and it isn't easy. It wasn't easy at first because I was very used to my place looking a specific way. Um, So I have to get used to that. And that's just like kind of an ego thing, right? I just kind of have to like get over it. Um, And the other thing is like, thankfully, we have like a middle ground. It's like you you have like a Venn diagram, right? Imagine we have a Venn diagram. You kind of have to find that like middle spot that blends together. That's like, oh, you like this? I like this. We're going to do that together. Um... Um, I think a lot of it is like shopping together at the same time and being literally picking up. I like this. I don't like this. Like having that kind of conversation, um, at least like in the actual shopping experience. But also, um, yeah, I think I just I think both of us just have kind of like a pretty neutral like um, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Like, I don't know. They're pretty genderless style anyways. Uh, so I feel like it's a little bit easy um, to put in like my vintage pop of flair where I like it in the middle of like Nestor's industrial style um, or like more clean classic look. So I get to like add my playful stuff into it as long as it is like convenient, conventional, or it has like a really nice pop that just like speaks to one of our personalities so much that you can't say no kind of thing. At least that's my experience. I was like, you kind of said it like perfectly. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. Episode over. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, the one thing that I can't figure out though is colors, and so I feel like Ashley, this is like the one where like you and Taylor can answer for me is how do you figure out like because co- we were talking about it just a minute ago, but if you move into a place and it just has like the basic whatever neutral beige or white. And you're trying to start with a color before you can do anything else. Like, how do you choose a color? Because that's going to impact what your furniture is going to be and what your art is going to look like, like everything. Yeah, you go ahead <laughs> and I'll see if I can think of something while you're talking. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I mean, definitely like figure out like if it's, if you're, more of a neutral person or if you do want that pop of color because pops of color can also be a neutral if you do the right shade you know so if you do the right shade of like a blue or a green it could definitely become a neutral so you can basically build your furnishings and decor around that and will definitely give it a better a different mood 
And color is the easiest thing you can change. So it's perfect. Okay. Yeah. yeah fair totally point. Agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never be afraid of color. Um, I feel like that's something I was working on with my paintings. I would have like a very um, limited color palette and it was probably like really quite reflective of what was literally in my paint palette. And for a long time, I wouldn't mix colors. I was very afraid to like try new tones and try new colors. And I took a couple like, you know, YouTube YouTube tutorials and like color theory for painting and realized exactly that like pops of color are still considered neutral in depending on how you use them and how much saturation they have and where you pair them so um when I'm starting a painting what I've started doing the last maybe year or two is just like getting a scrap of paper and just messing around with my colors and um I find that more and more every time I'm like, I used to have like, okay, I'll just do these two colors. And now it's like three colors. And now I'm like, okay, I feel confident with four colors and it's like getting wild. (laughs) Um, And then I feel like a trick that I was using, and maybe Taylor has some experience with this, but the Adobe um, color palette generator, you can like drop a photo into there and then you can sort of move around the dials and like it will help you select colors or give you suggestions based on the color theory and I'm always surprised it does a nice job and I'm like great I didn't have to think too hard I don't know yeah (laughs) that is very cool I didn't even know that existed well little it's not that I'm so clever my brother is um a graphic designer so he tried to help me get out of my rut gotcha. mm-hmm. <laughs> and he showed me that he's like you need help so um <laughs> he, he was the cool. one that spurred that interest yeah yeah so I sometimes use that like if I have like a travel photo and I just really want to capture like the mood of something and I'm just not nailing it like by eye I'll try that um Cause I really feel like for me, that's how I pick colors, like the mood. And I feel like I'm really, if anything, I'm inspired most by like travel, like places. So. That's a great tip. And I feel like you've told me about that app before. So I got to remember to log that one this time and actually download it. Or if I have it downloaded, like re-download it. Cause I definitely haven't used it. I'm sure there are other like handy. free apps, but if you have Adobe, have access, it's a good one mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. <laughs> to kind of wrap this episode up, we wanted to do a quick like rapid fire Q and A. Um, no pressure whatsoever. They're chill. They're whatever questions. Cool. They're throwaways. Cool. All right, cool, cool. I'll start. <laughs> what do you like more, hunting for vintage or designing? I think hunting for sure. Yes. What is your favorite piece or space that you've ever designed or both? Um, You love your, all your babies equally. We got it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. But, but surely you have a favorite found vintage item. Ooh, that one is easy. That's definitely um, my black, 
uh, lacquer swivel coffee table. <gasps> oh, I think I saw that on oh, your Instagram. Maybe. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. Oh, I think I saw that too. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a thrifted, that's a vintage find. Yeah. Um, I found that Ooh. one. I had in the stay sale. Yeah. I felt so lucky. Beautiful. <laughs> Um, what is your dream home design project? Um, I mean, designing my own home. I want to build a house, my own house from like the ground up. <laughs> Wait, I want to tell us what it's going to look like. I would love to know. What are the details? What are the must-haves? Okay, so I was like, I was going to say I have a whole note yes. um, thing that has like my must-haves. And I mean... It's going to be a black house <gasps> Ooh. all the way, trim, whole exterior, everything. Um, and then I need a pot filler <laughs> because I think those are so cool. Yeah. Um, a whole dog room with like a shower in there and everything like that. And then um, one of those things where it's like you, it connects the laundry room to your closet or something where you just. A laundry chute? Throw your dirty oh my clothes. God. Yes. I know, right? Like, oh my God, there's a word for it. Right? <laughs> I know. That That is also in my dream home. Yeah. My grandma yeah. built one into her house, like in her bathroom. She built it so you open the bottom like door under her sink and it opens a hatch just for the laundry. It's genius. Love From that. the bathroom. So you can just drop it in there after you shower. Yes. And there's a basket waiting right that under it. so perfect. Oh, my gosh. Uh, right? A dream. A dream. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Would your house be like, you said black, black exterior, black interior, both? Um, Exterior, for sure. And then, like, when you get inside, it's, like, funky and colorful and full of patterns and crazy and, but still classy and nice. <laughs> Obviously still put together. And in the centerpiece is the black table. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right in the entryway. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, this is not on the list, but I'm wondering form or function. Ooh. Ooh. I would like to say function, but I mean... <laughs> Um, I mean, I definitely lean more towards form. <laughs> Same. Pretty things. I yeah. Love pretty things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that kind of leads me into my next question. Um, you obviously have a very uh, like nailed down aesthetic. Uh, aesthetics are important to you. We can tell. Um, so how did you like figure out what the aesthetic for tailored would be? I know you said like you, um, you just like, like what you like, but your Instagram specifically has a very like niched down style. So like, are you also a photographer? Like, how did you decide you were going to do the Playboy magazines and the disco balls also with all of your vintage stuff? Um, it just kind of came naturally. Like when I first started my Instagram, like I've always had that my interior design Instagram for like years now. And when I first started, um, I was like, okay, I have to fit everybody else's style and I have to do this. I have to do this if I want business. And then one day I was like, this is not me. Like, this is not what I like. And 
I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do what I love to do. And then that'll attract others with similar styles, you know? And so, I mean, definitely like the photography, it just comes natural, like where it's like, let's add that disco ball because, you know, I love disco balls and um, it definitely catches the attention. Like when people are scrolling through the feed, it's like shiny, (laughs) you know? Um, And then um, very like dark and moody is definitely something I strive for too. Is there a style icon or like, whether it's in design in general or just like somebody maybe in fashion, um, is there somebody's style that you really look up to? Um, I really love like Kelly Wurstler um, with her patterns and how she styles um, with styles and designs. Um, but I also love like Vegas aesthetic. Um, oh, yeah. Like fans here too motorcycles and like you know like basically rock and roll like oh for sure that checks out yeah that checks out yeah (laughs) (laughs) I love the Vegas aesthetic that's that's so cool we're just in Vegas so I'm eating it up right now (laughs) yeah yeah love it I just think it's so um interesting and amazing that you're so inspired by like uh, th- the things you're seeing and like other designers and such. But I, your style is so unique. It doesn't look like a regurgitation of anyone. And I think that is the hardest thing to do as an artist, a designer, a creative. So huge props to you for that because um, clearly there's something that like is going in and you're just creating something totally fresh and new. And that is so incredibly hard to do um so yeah clearly that's what people are hiring you for because that's your natural born talent and it should be noted (laughs) yeah I wanted to just say um that it was it's been so cool talking with you and so inspiring and just can feel the creative energy coming off of you and I wanted to ask is there one thing you could like leave us to chew on? Like what, what would you want to leave guests and us to think about when you're gone? Um, do what makes you happy and buy things that make you happy and have your space be your happy place. Oh my God. That, that sounded so good. (laughs) Be your space, be your happy place. 